sure you've spent plenty of time thinking about your money in retirement, but have you stopped and really considered how you're going to spend all that free time you'll have in retirement? Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, we've got some inspiration for you. Rick Derso shares what his retirement hustle is like as a caddy for the Symmetra Golf Tour, helping golfers make it to the big time of the LPGA. Plus, Joe and Big Al answer your money questions about Roth conversions, solo 401k plans for the self-employed, and they get taken to task for something they said in last week's episode on Medicare. I'm producer Andy Last, and here with our guest, Rick Derso, our Joe Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA. Alan, it's that time of the show. It's time for uh, an exciting guest. Yeah, we're doing something a little bit different the past couple of weeks, right. where we get individuals that approached or in retirement, and then they get into like something completely different than what they did as a career. Yeah, change of pace, and, and so it's kind of fun to talk to folks and, and how they've kind of created purpose in their life after their working life. Yeah, we had Gid Pool on. Right. It's now a stand-up comedian. That's right. We have Rick Dorso on the line. Yes. And he's got a similar background as our I'm, I'm buddy reading, Gid Pool. reading his bio. It sounds like me. Right. Accounting, <laughs> finance, taxes. <laughs> <laughs> super uh, well. I hopefully he's not super boring. Uh, <laughs> are, are you implying I'm pretty boring? No, I've been, a, <laughs> no, I've been accused of that though. So Rick now is spending a couple of days out of his retirement. He's caddying for a golf tour. Right. It's a tour, a step, a little bit step behind of the LPGA. Yeah, kind this of, is, kind of the minor league, I guess. Yeah, the, it's like the Web.com tour, I would yeah. imagine, of the the for men's. The, right, but uh, this is women's. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Rick, S- well, Symmetra tour. Yes, it's the Symmetra tour. Yes. Uh, Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Hey, well, tell me, or tell us, I guess, a little bit more about your story. And mainly tell me, because I am finances, taxes, and accounting. So how, where do I go from here? <laughs> I was in, uh, in accounting since I've been probably 16 years old. And um, about six, seven years ago, a friend of mine in Florida, I have a home in Florida, a friend of mine suggested to me that I go with him as he was... Um, caddying for a girl from Australia in the, in the Symmetra tours in Winter Haven, Florida. And I had never gotten involved with caddying or anything like that, although we do play golf. So I followed him around that first year, I think it was 2013, 2012, and um, I found it to be very interesting. So I said to myself, well, the next year I'm going to do this with him. So he had his girl from Australia, and uh, I got a young girl from, from Thailand. And it was really great. As a matter of fact, I never saw her the rest of the tour. There's like 23 tournaments uh, on the tour. Never saw her again, but I do know that that year she qualified to go to the LPGA because she was in the top 10 of money winners at the end of the year. So it was pretty interesting. The first girl I ever caddied for wound up going to the LPGA. In terms of where I was at the time, I was still uh, I was working part-time, and this became something I really wanted to do. Actually, uh, in 2015, my wife passed, and the uh, hospice nurse said to me, look, you, you should find something to do because you guys have done a lot together and now you've got to do something. You yourself have got to find something you want to do. So I decided I was going to push this caddying thing and see how, how far I could go with it. And that's what happened. I started to, in 2015, I did about four tournaments that year, going around the different parts of the country and caddying in these tournaments. And I've stayed doing that for the last few years. Now I have, uh, I would call her a regular, a regular girl who last year approached me and said, look, you've been doing a couple tournaments with me. We get along very well. Why don't you, why don't you stay with me and for as many tournaments as you want to do? So I'm, I'm now going to do, in 2019, I'm going to do probably seven this year and uh, go around the country doing it. But essentially that's how I got started in, in, in doing this and uh, doing this wonderful thing, which really takes about um, 
well, maybe four or five days a tournament, and I do about, like I said, seven or eight tournaments a year. And it fills a lot of time in for me, and it's really just a great, a great thing. I like doing it because, you know, these young ladies are trying to get to the next level, the LPGA level. And if I can help them get there, that's what I'm targeting to do is to try to help them by caddying. And you don't have to have a, you know, my situation, you don't have to be a professional caddy and know everything about every course you play. You take care of them. You make sure that they, they focus when they you know, maybe hit a bad shot or, you know, you, you talk about families. You, you just relax as you're walking between the different, uh, the different holes or the 260 yards between uh, their fairway shots. But it's just a wonderful, a wonderful thing that I very much enjoy doing. So at this point, now you have doing seven to eight tournaments with a, a, the single golfer. Mm-hmm. Is it still all strictly volunteer and you're paying for your travel and your, tell me a little bit how you arrange this. It is strictly volunteer. When this tour goes from city to city, uh, they go and ask for volunteers for the tournament, cart drivers, scorers, whatever. But they also ask for caddies. And many, most of the caddies in these different venues are local people. And they're all, again, it's all volunteers. So what I'm doing now is just, yeah, I'm doing it all, if you will, for free as a matter of um, as the fact that I can do it. I mean, I'm okay financially to do it, and it's, it's more of a benefit to me in terms of the, the places that I see and the people that I meet as opposed to uh, you know, worrying about how I'm going to pay for it. That's, that's not been a problem at this point. Well, it's kind of like Matt Kuchar in El Toucan. Do you know that story, Rick? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so Matt Kuchar's down in Mexico this year, and his normal yeah. caddy was not available to join the trip. So he gets a local caddy from Mexico. So I think, you know, pay him a couple thousand dollars or something like that. I think the arrangement was maybe five grand. Yeah, I think it was five too. And so Kuchar wins the tournament, wins like $1.6 million. And usually as a caddy, (laughs) as a professional caddy, you might get, you know, 10%, 20%. 10%. Yeah, so um, El Toucan is his name. Got five grand. And so he oh, didn't really boy. he didn't really say you know it's like well what the hell come on cooch you just won one point six help a brother out and yeah, so right. he kind of made a stink out of it and I think Coocher finally paid him fifty grand but uh, yeah so I guess you're you're making a you could work with cooch and probably yeah he might give you a couple <laughs> thousand he might give you a couple of bucks maybe right <laughs> right and I, I think I think what you have to understand is these girls are all trying to make it to the next level and their purses are nowhere near what the lpga gets i mean the largest purse on this tour this year is three hundred thousand dollars i mean i don't think there's an lpga tournament that's less than a million and i know they don't have you know they're paying for everything themselves whether they drive to these different tournaments or they fly they don't get housing when they go to these different tournaments and they've got to pay for a hotel room and all their meals and things of that nature so they don't always have a lot of have a lot of money so to me it's like you know, you don't expect anything. Now, I'm telling you, there are some paid caddies on the Symmetra Tour on occasion where the, the girls really need to have somebody in that, on that particular course. They would get a paid or they could get a paid caddy. But for the, the vast majority of the, of the caddies that I've met on these different places, they're, they're strictly volunteering. You're not even, I don't even expect to get any, any money off them. But I would imagine now that you have purpose, you're doing, you're outdoors, you're you know, maybe around the sport that you love. You know, I'm I'm telling you, Rick. I mean, this sounds like something I might uh, potentially, you know, deal in the next next. Maybe. <laughs> uh, well, Hard to say when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, could be a long time or it could be short. Yeah, it could be. I don't yeah, know. I mean, next week. Well, you know, 
you know, you really have to like it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I have friends of mine that I played golf with, and they tell me they would never do this. They could never do it. I mean, I'm lucky because I'm physically okay to do it. I can walk the course 6,000, 6,500, 7,000 yards, 90-degree carrying that bag. It doesn't bother me. I can do it. Let's talk about that just for a second, because some of those bags yeah. can be pretty heavy. Especially right? Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> they do have the large well, bags. Yeah, right. You know, but... but but don't be confused by what you see on television. Yeah, those those bags on TV are gigantic. The bag that I'm, I don't carry, it's nothing It's nothing that big. They have a modified, a much smaller bag that I'm carrying. But you know, a lot of these girls push carts. They're allowed to push carts on this course. So they can push their own. They can, if they don't get a caddy because there's not enough, they push their own uh, bags. And those bags might be a little bigger. But frankly, the bags that I'm carrying are, I don't know, 20 pounds, maybe 25 pounds. So, like Rick, are you like reading greens? You know, singing them songs, keeping uh, them calm, or uh, you know, are you telling them what what shots to hit? You what, know, what do a club? little a little butter cut around the tree, maybe a little will, tight will, draw, will, push draw. What what are you doing here? I will tell you, these girls are professionals, and they play these courses year after year. And so we've I've talked about that with several of them, and in most cases, they know the greens, they know how they would how they have to make where they have to put. The only time they really ask a question like that is if they're really not sure, if they're not clear, but they don't think they'll ask for your opinion. But for the most part, you got to remember, I mean, they're professionals. They know how to play the game. They know clubs to use. They're not going to ask you for a club selection or anything like that. They're just not going to, that's not what they're part of. They want you just to, you know, clean the ball off, keep their clubs clean, talk to them to keep them, you know, focused and things like that. But, uh, Outside of any, that's basically what you're what you're trying to do. With How often do you change out their balls? Uh, they only change. She only changes hers like like twice. Twice around. Uh, around. Yeah, that's all she does for the most part. Do you have uh, certain courses that you like over other ones? Yeah, what's the best course, Rick? Uh, oh, they they play some nice courses. We were down in uh, Opelika, Alabama, to Robert Trent Jones Trail, and that I'm telling you, that course, those courses were beautiful, great, very nice. Daytona Beach is nice too. I mean, like I said, I get all around the country, so I see a lot of different courses, and some of them are really great, but they're the two that stand out for me. You know what? For junior golfers in Alabama on the Robert Trent Jones Trail, they get to play that for free. That's why, I mean, there's a lot of really good golfers coming out of Alabama. Sure, yeah. And you're, you're a wealth of okay. information on golf. Yeah, what else do you guys yeah. want to know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rick, hey, we love your story, and we really appreciate your time today. Well, who's the best golfer you saw playing? As, so you've been doing this at, you know, for a few years. Have So the, the first one you did, she made it to the LPGA. Any other people that you've seen, or what's the best like golf swing that you've experienced oh, or saw? Oh, that's, that's a hard one to tell because all of these women can hit 250, 270 off the tee. I mean, that's not, even, that's not a problem for them. Not all of them can hit that far. Uh, and their swings... Most of their swings are pretty consistent. I mean, watching them play, frankly, their swing is very short and compact, not like the men's tour where they're you know, jacking the ball and swinging really hard. Their swing is very compact and, and smooth. I don't know that I've seen them. I mean, they're all pretty consistent to me. You know, I was watching the Women's U.S. Open, and then they also had mm-hmm. the, the Colonial. I was more in favor to watch the women's. Because, you know, they're not just bombing it off the tee and then, you know, yeah, wedge right. in. Where they they're actually have to shape shots. They have to, you know, position in different areas. And, I mean, if they miss it just a little bit, those balls were rolling like crazy off the green. So, um, exactly, you know, it's, exactly. it, it, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for the LPGA in, in, in women's golf. You know, Augusta did their thing this year in bringing all those yeah. juniors in. Yeah. 
I watched the NCAA's, you know, with the, the the women's golfers there. I mean, there's some incredible talent. So it's cool to talk to you, Rick, that you're out there with these young uh, ladies trying to to make the dream. So um, you know, congratulations to you to, to to doing your part, helping out, but also you know, probably living a, a pretty cool life. I really am. I'm really uh, I'm thankful for what I can do. I just you're right. I do very much enjoy it. That's Rick Dorso. He's the caddy. He's, I love talking. Can we too. just do this all day? Right. For help figuring out your perfect retirement hustle, check the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and download our Retirement Lifestyles Guide for free. And if you've got an interesting retirement hustle of your own that you want to share with Joe and Big Al and the Your Money, Your Wealth listeners, just email me, Producer Andy Last at andi.last at purefinancial.com. That's andy.last at purefinancial.com. In the coming weeks, Liz Ann Saunders from Schwab returns to YMYW to share her market insights at the halfway point of 2000. 2019. Oliver Rennick, host of TD Ameritrade Network's Morning Trade Live and Market on Close, will talk about the effects of the media on the markets. And economist Dr. Chris Thornburg returns to YMYW at long last with his Southern California real estate forecast. Share this podcast and subscribe for free at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. If you've got money questions, scroll down yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Al on air, and the fellows will answer your questions right here on YMYW. All right, Carol <clears throat> from Tacoma, Washington. Great. Have that you was been Carol. there? Been to Tacoma? What did I say? Car- <laughs> I'm sorry, Carol. I'm sorry, Carol from Tacoma, Washington. Um, no, I've never been to Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's I used to drive through there. I used to have a client in Olympia, Washington. I'd fly to SeaTac Airport and drive down to Olympia. I've had Olympia beer. <laughs> okay. Is that from Olympia? I don't think that counts. I don't think so, but it's close. Olympia's Nothing. come to you. Yeah. All right. Have you ever had Olympia beer? No. It's very tasty. And I've never been to Washington either. So. Oh, really? Okay. Um, can I do a Roth conversion in 2020 and apply to 2019? I want to make sure I don't jump up into the next tax bracket. Uh, Carol, wonderful question. We get this often, and unfortunately the answer is no. Yeah, it's a great question. And then, of course, there's a lot of confusion because you can do a Roth contribution, <laughs> which is right now $6,000 per person. Per year, if you have earned income, and uh, seven thousand if you're fifty and older, that can be done all the way until April fifteenth of the following year. But a Roth conversion is where you take money out of your IRA, you convert it to a Roth IRA, and you have to pay taxes on the conversion. But that has to be done in the tax year that you want it to apply to. So December thirty first is your cutoff date. And unfortunately, um, the new tax law that was passed, what, a couple December's ago, yep. is made a recharacterization prohibited. Correct. So whatever you convert, it stays. Yeah. Prior to that law, um, because Carol's, what she's curious about, or what she, what her concerns are, it sounds like, is like, well, I want to wait till next year till I do my taxes so I don't convert too much of my IRA into a Roth IRA because you have to pay taxes on whatever that you convert. Correct. And so she's worried about jumping up into the higher tax bracket. So it's like, all right, well, how much do I convert? I don't know. My income's all over the place. Let me do my taxes so I know, you know, hey, if I want to go to the top of the 12% bracket, 22 or whatever, I know exactly what to convert. But I don't know that answer until I file my tax return. Yeah, in April. Right, right? in April. This, you know, what the hell are we doing here? It makes it tougher. So I have, I have two comments, Carol. One is, since you cannot do a recharacterization anymore, in December, you have to come up with your best estimate and, 
and convert that amount to fill up your tax bracket. Second comment is if you overshoot a little bit, like let's say you're $1,000 over, it's only that extra $1,000 that's taxed at the higher rate, not your entire income. And a lot of people get that mixed up. It's only the extra that's over in that next bracket gets taxed at that higher rate. So it's not everything. Carol, a couple of other cool techniques that you could potentially do, depending on how um, kind of savvy you want to be here. Is that you, you know, and we don't know anything about Carol. We just know that she's from a very nice place called Tacoma, Tacoma Washington. Tacoma, yes. And it's yeah. very close to Olympia where they have really good beer. <laughs> we think. Olympia is the, it's not really known for that, but it is the capital of Washington. And so she could do one of, you know, let's say it's $12,000 is the number to keep her in that bracket if she looked at last year's tax return. So she's going to do a guesstimate. She's going to look at last year's tax return to kind of see, am I close, right? So she could do, let's say, one thousand dollars a month into the Roth IRA, convert one thousand a month, you know, over twelve months, that would be twelve thousand. As you get closer to, let's say, November, December, October, then you can kind of gauge. You can look at your W two to see how much money that you've earned, or if you have receipts or your ten ninety nines or whatever. You can at, at least kind of do trying to do a tax performa before the end of the year to get a little bit closer than your dollar cost averaging. It's called into the Roth. Um, you can do the barbell approach. Is that if let's say twelve thousand is the number, maybe you do five or six thousand dollars right now, and then you wait until December, and then you kind of get a, a better guesstimate of what that's going to be. So different things that you can do just because of the recharacterizations are no longer. The sooner you get the money in the Roth, the better. Because the compounding is going to grow tax-free for you. Yeah, one other thing, Joe, uh, is if Carol's self-employed, then perhaps she could open up a SEP IRA, Simplified Employer Pension Plan, and fund that enough to get her down to that right tax bracket that she wants to be in. Yeah, if you're self-employed, you could do it. Because you can do that after the fact. Right. You can do that all the way to the extended due date of your tax return, which would be October 15th in most cases. So a lot of different planning ideas for you, Carol. Hopefully this helps. But yeah, um, if you want to do a Roth conversion, again, that's taking money from an IRA, 401k, or any type of defined contribution plan. You're converting those dollars from a tax deferred that will be taxable coming out at retirement. You're going to pay the tax up front on whatever portion that you convert sits in a Roth IRA. All of that compounding growth will be now tax-free. So for a lot of you... There's a huge opportunity. We talked about the Secure Act. The stretch IRA is no longer, uh, potentially, if this thing goes through. Which it looks like it will. So you have to start planning, depending on what size of IRAs that you have, is to look at, well, does it make sense to pay a little bit of tax now? The answer might be yes. Uh, we got Tina. She, she writes in from uh, Philadelphia. Uh, she goes, hi, Alan Joe. Just finished listening to Daniel Roberts explain Medicare. Um, God, we had a a lot of people responding to this Medicare episode. Yeah, it was a good one, I guess. Yeah, I was dreading that episode, to be honest with you, (laughs) Tina. Talking about Medicare? Talking about Medicare, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be awful. Uh, But you know what? I believe Daniel Roberts did one heck of a job. I agree with you. Uh, She clearly explained it in layman's terms that were easy to understand. Uh, She writes on, you'll find this funny, actually worked for a large Medicare Advantage plan. And I uh, even felt she made me understand it better. That's good. What a great compliment that is, Tina. That's great. Anyway, thank you for having her on and providing such needed information and resources. So um, that's very cool. So I mean, you could live in this profession, right? 
and there's so many different areas that you got to understand, right. right, to get things tight as you approach retirement, in retirement, with health care, with taxes, with investments, and everything else. I mean, Tina, she's an expert, and she's like, man, oh, that's a pretty good way to explain it. You know, right? And then just let let alone the layman out there just trying to figure this stuff out, right? That's why we do such good deeds, Al. We're, we're trying. We're trying to help. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying to. We're trying to make it. Let's see. What are we? Are we wicked? Wicked funny? We are wicked badass funny. <laughs> <laughs> we're tr- we try to be wicked funny, so you'll actually listen. I think it's a wicked <laughs> sense of humor or something. Wicked sense of humor. Oh, you're right. Wicked sense of humor. Yeah. Anyway, because and then we try to throw in some, some meat in there too. Yeah, yeah, it's good meat. <laughs> That's really good meat. All right, we got Owen from San Diego. Owen uh, writes in, "Hey Joe, and Big Al, love, love your podcast uh, with the entertaining banner." Hey, thank you, Owen. It's nice. He even turned his CPA brother onto the show, and he even looks forward to listening to you guys. All right, CPA brother. Nice. Uh, the combination of very useful information with your wicked sense of humor makes for a very, very enjoyable listen. Uh, just wanted to mention that your recent podcast on Medicare, I think Joe said that in general, everyone, even if employed, should sign up for Medicare Part A because there is no cost. I think in other discussions you have had on Medicare, it was made clear that once on Medicare, one can no longer contribute to an HSA. So if someone is still working and wants to continue to contribute to an HSA, that person probably should delay Medicare. This delay, as long as the health plan is a qualified plan, will not result in any penalty once the person signs up after losing that health coverage. And also should note that COBRA is not a qualifying health plan. Uh, A friend of mine learned that the hard way and is now paying a permanent penalty for that mistake. Thank you for the great information and entertainment. (sighs) Yeah, the the reason we didn't say that is because it would have taken half the show. Look how long it took. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you're absolutely right there. But um, isn't – I don't – because we just wing this, right? I believe that HSA – qualifications or no longer qualification isn't Medicare that, that you sign up for Medicare. I believe it's age 65. Uh, you would be wrong. Okay. Because I looked it up. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, you already pre- He you, did some prep. I, I did some oh. pre-work. Just, okay. Because that's what, actually, I would have said the same thing, but it turns out it's if you sign up for Part A or B or C or D, then you cannot do an HSA plan. So if you actually want to, if you, if you have a qualifying plan- Right, so that's you have to have that in the first place. Right, right. And if you're and you're 65 years of age, then uh, you you wouldn't sign up for Part A because then you could continue to fund it. So we've probably blown a lot of people up. Yeah. So they had their HSA and they were like, oh, they listen to the podcast. They go up and they oh, because I said. Well, you said it. I know. I just, I know. <laughs> I, just, I just give really bad I'm advice. I'm nodding because that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that from Joe Anderson. <laughs> right. So all these people are in line to the Medicare office. <laughs> it just blew <laughs> them up. Signing up, and then they're trying to contribute to their HSA, and guess what? They're like, no, you stupid person. Of course, of course the source was the internet <laughs> that I found. That's a pretty good source. But, but I... But I, but I, I had, I, I got about five different sources, and they all said the same thing. Yeah, I, you know, for, I didn't look it up, 
I know it's Medicare. Like, if you're on Medicare, I know for sure that you can't contribute to an HSA. But yes. I thought it was age, age 65. 65 but... Yeah, well, so did I because of what I heard from your money, your wealth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, Owen, you're right. Thanks for that clarification. Yeah, I appreciate that, Owen. Uh, and thanks for uh, sending the love to your CPA brother. Um, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. And then the CPA brother's going to be like, these guys are a bunch of idiots. Yeah, he's already thought <laughs> that. Mean, right? Because the first thing, I mean, he probably called his brother Owen. He, he goes, hey, these guys are jackasses. He listens they don't even just know to the say, HSA yeah, rules. they don't know what they're talking yeah, about. right. It's like, they're just waiting for us to blow up. <laughs> so if you don't like the show, tell people. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. All right, we got Ollie from San Diego. This was via Facebook private message. I just want to say thank you. To you guys for the show you do on Sunday mornings on TV. It seems like I learned something new almost every week. And it definitely has me taking my 401k contributions more seriously. And last year was the first year I hit the limit of my contributions. And I plan on doing so every year between now and retirement 15 years from now. Do we no question? There's no, no question. Just He's just comment. telling you how much oh, you love your yeah. TV show, Joe. So just say, you're supposed to say thank you, Ollie. Ollie, thank you very much. We're um, this is just like a shameless plug. I'm just well, like you're, reading you're, a, a review. You yeah, know, when but, people give us reviews right. on, on, but if you didn't know it was that, it, yeah, okay. I didn't even know. I should, yeah. I, there's zero prep to the show, <laughs> except for Andy. <laughs> so Ollie, appreciate it. Yeah, way to go, that, bud. That's, that's very nice. Very nice. Yeah, you know, if we can encourage you to save a little bit more money, you know, max that thing out in 15, 20 years, he's going to be golden. You can be like Ollie and follow us on Facebook or on Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube. All the social links are in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. And realize when you share YMYW, it actually helps us spread that financial wisdom and motivation to even more people who need it. So hit that share button that's on every podcast page at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and share an episode via email or on Facebook or on Twitter or wherever you get social. And if you want, you can also tag us and post your money questions or comments, or you can scroll down yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Al on air, and they'll answer you here on YMYW. Here's our final question of the day before we get to the total nonsense. Uh, Now we have Rich from H-Town, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, right? Oh, ex-girlfriend lived in Houston, Texas. Yeah, I re- remember that. I wasn't going to bring it up in case well, it was a sensitive She topic. now lives in Dallas, Texas. Ah. Yes. Okay. So she moved from H-Town. Okay. okay. Uh, Rich, hey, Joe and Al. First off, thank you for the educational and entertainment you provide through your podcast and TV show. Boom. Thanks, Rich. My wife and I are in our mid to late 30s and have two children who go to daycare. We live in Texas. I have some questions relating uh, to minimizing our taxes now. Okay, so this is kind of, he's he's kind of taking advantage of us here, Al. Yeah, he's got a couple questions, and <laughs> one has two parts. <laughs> That's okay. It's not like the we'll one that has 100 parts. Yeah, I finally emailed that guy back. I was like, Bubba, <laughs> dude, this thing yeah, <laughs> this took me like a, an hour just to read through. <laughs> Um, okay, Rich's first question is backdoor Roth IRA conversions. Uh, my wife and I have been doing this for the last two years. Earlier this year, we both changed our well-paying jobs with 401ks with good benefits. I still have a 401k in some benefits with my new employer, but my wife does not because she started her own startup. 
it's quite likely that she will not be making any money this year. Do you see any issue with doing this backdoor Roth conversion for her in 2019? We have fully funded emergency fund and have been maxing out our 401ks for the last few years. So that's his first question. So, Rich, um, let's kind of back the truck up here a little bit when it comes to a backdoor Roth IRA conversion. Um, Conversions, there is no income limitation. So if you have money in a retirement account, you can convert those into a Roth, and it doesn't matter how much money that you make. A contribution has income limitations, so that's based on adjusted gross income. And roughly, he's married. If you make more than $200,000, you are no longer eligible to make a direct Roth IRA contribution. The contribution limits are 6000 If you're over 50, it's seven. So what Rich and his wife have been doing is that they've been making IRA contributions, because he's under 70, that was the the only stipulation there. But because he made so much money, there was no deduction. It was an after-tax contribution. And then they converted that after-tax contribution in the IRA to a Roth IRA. Because it's after-tax, there was no taxation on the conversion. That's the backdoor Roth. Did I explain that okay? Yeah, no, that's fine. But yeah, there are no tax deductions, so you convert without taxes, as long as you don't have an existing IRA. Because if you do, then there's there's aggregation rules and pro rata rules, and it makes it much more complicated. So it sounds like he's been kind of following the rules. He's in his mid-30s, kind of hitting his 401k, jamming that. So now it sounds to me that his wife is doing a startup. Not going to make any money this year. Right. But they already did the backdoor Roth IRA. Is that what I'm reading? Is that? Oh, I, I think it's more the, do, should we keep doing it going forward? That's how, that's how I read it. So in other words, I, and so I'll, I'll kind of start with that. Well, it's like, do you see any issue with doing this backdoor Roth conversion for her in 2019? Do I see any issue? Yeah, there, there's no issue. The, the thing I would say, Rich, is you may not even need to do a backdoor Roth. Yeah, you would, might because, be able to do a normal yeah, Roth because contribution. Yeah, because if your wife's not making any money this year because she's got a startup, and, and as long as you're making less than $193,000, that's actually the start of the phase-out then you can just do a regular Roth contribution so you don't have to go to the effort of doing the IRA and then converting it. Uh, but but let's say you're making more than a couple hundred thousand, then yeah, keep go ahead and do it. You can do it for her as well. Because, yeah, if she doesn't have income, maybe right. he's thinking. Maybe that's what he's it thinking. It doesn't matter because there's the spousal contribution. You bet. Let's say if she has zero income, you, she could still make an IRA contribution or a Roth contribution. It's based on your income, Rich. Yeah, because between the two of you, you have earned income. Right. Yeah. So that yeah, that's no problem. So if you've already done it, and you're like, oh, honey, now you're doing your own de- deal, and you know, on paper, you might not show any income because everything's kind of going into the business. Not a problem, Rich. You have the income, um, so you're good to go. Yep. Uh, number two, uh, this is a little two part question. We'll send you an invoice on this one, Rich. <laughs> Solo 401k. I also recently started doing some consulting work on the side. Am I allowed to put whatever money I earn from this side gig into a solo 401k? If yes, how much can I put in there if I'm also maxing out my regular employer-sponsored 401k plan? They don't provide a match. What are the steps I need to take to make sure all of the paperwork is in order? 
Alan, what say you? Uh, in terms of 401ks, you can only do that once. And so you could have five different 401ks with five different employers, but you're limited to $19,000 aggregate in all of them. And if you, for some reason, fully max out one and then put more money in another 401k, then it, it's a prohibited transaction. It's going to be refunded back to you. And if you took a tax deduction, probably refunded back to you in the next year, you'll have to pay tax on that. So the answer is you can't do any. However... There's another plan There's you There's another do. plan. You can do a SEP IRA, Simplified Employer Pension Plan, which is up to, if you're if it's a side gig and you're, you're self-employed, sole proprietorship, it's 20% of your profits, 20% of your bottom line income. You make $100,000, 20% of that uh, is, is $20,000 that you could put into a SEP IRA. And that, there's no aggregation with any 401k, so you can just you can go ahead and do that. So f- fully fund your 401k plan at your employer, set up a SEP IRA for the side hustle, um, and jam away at that. Uh, finally, my wife is co-founder of her company with one other person. Um, I like how he says co-founder. Yeah, it's like you, like she's Bill Gates or something. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like my my wife is a partner with yeah. another friend. Right, co-founder. Co-founder. We I mean, some... this is a big ass company or yeah, something. Right, right. I believe she can have a solo four hundred one k as long as they don't hire anyone else. Correct. If they make some money this year, what is the maximum amount she can put into the solo 401k? How does this change once she hires someone's full-time? Thanks. Now the answer is incorrect. Incorrect, yes. The, Unless the, the, the co-founder is a family member. It, well, or, or it has, has to be spouse. Yeah. So, so the co-founder, Rich, has to be you. Yeah. Are you the co-founder? If you're the co-founder, well, I'm Well, he probably is because it sounds, <laughs> it, he's making it sound all sexy. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. What, what's your wife do? Well, she's a co-founder of a new startup. <laughs> With another person. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know, next, I guarantee right. you, Rich is going to have some cocktails. Right. And then he's going to be talking so, to the boys and he'll be like, hey, Rich, what's your wife doing now? Well, you know, she's a co-founder. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Rich, if, if you're the co-founder, then then it's correct. If you're not the co-founder, incorrect, because it has to be husband and wife to qualify as a solo 401k. So let's just say, let's say you're the co-founder. Let's, let's start then with that. Then you can do the solo 401k. You do the solo 401k. But she, it, depending upon what kind of entity it is, let's say it's a sole proprietorship, you have to have profits to be able to contribute to the solo K. And if there's no profits, there's no contribution. So whatever profits you can do. But let's say the co-founder is not. It's yes. Belinda. Right, right. And so, best, best friend, Belinda. <laughs> yes, your be- best friend, Bel- Bel- Belinda Gates. Yeah. You're going to have to set up mean, a safe harbor mean, 401k. You mean Linda Gates. Isn't it Belinda? Nah. But it could be Linda. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. That's Bill. So maybe it's Belinda. Well, Melinda. Melinda. Oh, we both, Melinda. Oh, we both got it wrong. We know. both got it wrong. Oh well. So if you would have to, um, your wife would have to set up a safe harbor four hundred one k plan, um, which is a little bit more expensive than the solo four hundred one k. Solo four hundred one k is really dirt cheap. Uh, safe Harbor 401k plan, um, you could set up, you could just get a third-party administrator to set up a 401k plan as they start bringing in employees. It's a little bit more expensive to administrate. Yeah. well, but it's, it's more than a little. It can cost a couple thousand bucks to set up, and it can cost nearly that to administer each year. I would say if that were the case... Go to a simple? Go to a simple IRA. Simple IRA? Mm-hmm. Because, because those don't really cost anything, and you cannot contribute as much, but almost as much. That's it for us today. Thanks for listening. For Big Al Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll see you next time.
The derails are back, so stick around to the very end to hear all of the silliness from this week's episode, and there's a bit of it. Special thanks to today's guest, Rick Durso. Read the transcript of Rick's interview and learn more about the Symmetra Golf Tour in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. If there's something you want to know or hear on YMYW, drop us an email or let us know on our Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn pages. Tag us, we'll follow you, and the fellows will answer you right here on the podcast. All our social links and the links to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app await you in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors for your free two-meeting financial assessment with a certified financial planner. Just click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Give me a call. I'm bored. <laughs> chat. <laughs> chat it up. You know what would be really cool if you do a voice recording? That would be awesome. Yeah. Because then it kind of mix it up. Because sometimes when I read your email questions, I kind of screw up. You're not really listening. I'm you're, not listening to reading. my words. I'm just, I'm just concentrating. Reading. Will you listen to somebody else's words? No, I'd much rather read them. <laughs> <laughs> he wants both. Right. He wants to read them yeah. while they're being said. Exactly. Well, we, we had a uh, call, and when you get when you get a voicemail, then we have a transcription service that tries to tries to put what they think the, the voicemail is. And and we got a question, and it said, this is a question for Big Al and Jill. <laughs> you, you have a new name now. It's not it's it's Joel. Not Joel. It's Joel. It's Jill now. Oh, gosh. Uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, this is Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial <laughs> planner. I'm with Big Al Clopine. Um, Your voice got deeper when you said that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Practicing on a new podcast. <laughs> What's it called? Slow jams. Slow with jams with Joe. Yeah, with, with Jill. <laughs> You're like, wow, that bag's heavy. And he's like, no, not really. <laughs> I, some of those bags are really heavy. Well, yeah, they're giant. Yeah. On the tour, as you 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 have a big bag. I have a tour bag for. Does it have like a radio? Yeah, in it? I'm like, yeah, I'm a 40 handicap, and I got a tour bag. <laughs> I mean, that's the stupidest thing in the world. Then why do you have a tour bag? Because I'm an idiot. Because he's so the bad. tour bag. Didn't even fit in the cart. <laughs> you need two carts, dude. I needed to hire a caddy <laughs> just to carry the thing. Rick. Got it. Oh my yeah, god. Right, right. Oh jeez. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That was an, that. That goes down as another really bad purchase. Right. Yeah, I'm lagging. <laughs> yes, it was Cobra. Oh, it was black, cobra? It was orange. Yeah. I'm sure it's beautiful. Uh, it is very beautiful. Have you actually used it? I used it in one golf tournament. And I was like embarrassed because <laughs> <laughs> the thing was so it was big. Too big. Yeah. It was giant. Does it stand on its own weight? Or? Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's in my garage. I, I have to like put it in the rafters. I can't fit my car in the garage because that bag is. We're so gonna big. have to start making a, like, a, a picture of all of Joe's street car garage. I, I need a yeah bag. for my bag, my, my yeah. golf bag. Yeah right. Yeah, in my Darth Vader mask. You can need a I custom, can put the Darth Vader mask on my golf bag. Need a custom golf cart for your bag. Yeah, I might do that too. He's got 25 pairs of golf shoes. How many golf bags do you have? I have four. Four? Four. Only four? Four or five. How many golf shirts do you have? Golf shirts? Yeah. Um, he's going to need no, a no, room no, no. for all no, this no, no. stuff no. in his well, house. Well, he's got a five-bedroom house. Yeah. So I he's have room for a the golf stuff. very good friend that owns um, a company called Golf Locker. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. Are you trying to justify your purchases now before you even <laughs> tell us? 
what happens is that I'm on, so I get a golf locker, it's called, every month. Okay. And so you got golf shoes, you got maybe a belt, a couple hats, some shirts. The shows, stuff shows up at your house every month? Yes. Is it, so it's like wine of the month club? You except- put the stuff on, if you, hey, I like and, this, okay. I don't like yeah. this, then you send the stuff back, and then if you want to keep it, then you keep it. Have and you then- ever sent anything back? No, I don't no, know because, how. Right, because <laughs> you'd have to go to UPS yeah, or I know, something. right. Now, see, us um, ladies have a, a, a thing called Stitch Fix, where yeah, they right. send you, you know, clothes, and you can try them on. And so, everything. so that's why you have a hundred golf shoes. It's not, no, not nowhere near that. It's probably a good... 90, 95. It's, well, there's a few, you know? I, mean, I could probably a play a couple yeah. rounds of golf and have a different shirt every time I play. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's cool, and it's yeah. very um, affordable. Okay, um, golf so, locker. Yeah, if you like this stuff. Unless you don't know how to send stuff back, in which case it yeah. gets really expensive. Then it's a money waster. No. Get, oh, gets it's, on his, my list. it's his buddy, so he just brings it to him. I and actually bring the box to the office, and then... Oh, and then he picks and it then, up. Well, yeah, well, no, the, the UPS guy comes. Ah. Oh, you have Catherine put it together. You, you got it. 